With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sing me a song of a lass that is gone. Say, could that lass be I? Mary of souls, she sailed on a day. Over the sea to sky Billow and breeze Islands and seas Mountains of rain and sun All that was good All that was fair All that was me is gone Welcome back to Northwest Prime, where we bring Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. And today we're bringing the world to Seattle in the form of Agus O'Broin. And he is the official Gallic dialect coach for the hit TV show Outlander. You might have recognized that song. It's very familiar with the Outlander fans. Agus has dedicated his life to resurrecting the indigenous language Scots Gaelic in Scotland. And we have the privilege of having him here with us for a bit today. So thank you very much for coming on, Agus. Good morning, how you doing? Good. So tell me how this started, because it's a very big undertaking to resurrect this this language that was so common centuries ago, but not so common today. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, there's, there's some people who believe it was actually spoken as far south as Newcastle in the north of England. So it's the only thing we've ever actually had that could be recognized as a genuinely national tongue. Unfortunately, now we're in the situation where only 1% of the population have any command of it whatsoever. Um, obviously, I'm only one of a, 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 a thankfully substantial number of people who are working towards this end. But my specific thing is the, the, the um, interest I have in dialects because I see the, the tongue itself as now most likely surviving um, for the foreseeable future. But what we're losing is the kind of colour and texture and variety in the language. So that, that's where I come into things. Well, what made you want to really start the passion, I guess, for it? Because you also teach your children this. Um, you're, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you've been sought out by the Outlander TV show to kind of uh, uh, coach the actors on, on the hit show mm-hmm. to, to speak this language. I mean, you really have to know exactly what you're doing to to pass it on and, and teach it to others. So you, you had to immerse yourself in it at some point, I would imagine. Well, I mean, the, the problem is, of course, in Scotland is that we don't have an immersion environment because, um, 
you know, even some of the small uh, villages in the Western Isles, you know, you, you, sometimes now you're even struggling to, to find the language there. And even 30 years ago, you know, you would hear very little other than, 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 than Gaelic, which Gaelic, Gaelic, that's a whole myth, you know, you can say it any way you like. <laughs> um, you know, it would have been the, the, the most common language heard in the Western Isles and, and, and most of Sky. Um, so now there, there aren't really any immersion environments the same way there is for, for any uh, majority language. You know, um, go to, to Spain and hear Spanish, go to G Germany and hear German. We don't have that. So you've really got to avail yourself to every possible uh, opportunity to, to speak the language and to be exposed to it. And I mean, it is a real struggle and, and you've got the word there absolutely spot on, the, the passion. If you don't have the passion, you, you won't do it. And um, we're lacking a little bit of passion still. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, you know, we can work towards reigniting that a little bit in the, 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 the Scottish people. But um, I'm very lucky at Outlander that um, the, the, the cast were, um, very quickly became really intrigued and interested by the whole thing. You know, it didn't take long at all to, to wake a personal interest in everybody, so that, that, was, that was terrific. Are there some actors that catch on quicker than other actors? Of course, but I mean, it's just like anybody, you know, you look at yourself and, and your abilities as a person and, and, you know, people's strengths lie in different areas. So without a doubt, you know, some people are more linguistically kind of um, versatile than others. Yeah. How big is the interest gaining popularity within Scotland to to teach this to the new generation? Well, the great thing is now that, you know, I mean, obviously in, in years gone by, uh, you know, the kind of British establishment did everything possible to extinguish the language entirely because it was seen as seditious and, and kind of dangerous, you know. And I mean, of course, the Gales were the most feared fighting force in Western Europe. So, you know, in all fairness, we were pretty dangerous, <laughs> you know. Um, and the language was seen, I mean, you know, they, they sort of say, you know, you lose the language, lose lose your soul. Um, so the way to sort of break the, 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 the Gaelic, the Gaels, was, was to was to take their language. And, I mean, it almost worked, you know, we're, we're very, very close to, to being broken. But I reckon we're, we're on the way back, you know. Um, and the, the, the great thing now is that more than anything else, what we've got to is a position of respect where around about there was a poll, and don't ask me exactly what the question was, but it's something along the lines of, do you think that you know, Scottish Gaelic is an important part of the Scottish identity. And over 70% of people, while it might not be their cup of tea to learn it necessarily, they, they said, yes, you know, we do think it's an important part of our identity. I mean, that's a massive step forward even just from 20 years ago. And, and we've seen this kind of resurgence in Scottish pride, Scottish independence. I, there was just a, a vote that narrowly was, was defeated on Scottish independence mm. recently. And do, do, yeah. do you see that that kind of goes hand in hand with, with going back to the roots for the people of Scotland and taking back their identity? Well, I mean, I, 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 th I think so. You know, I think it's, it's, it's important to in, engage culturally because you know politics is politics is politics it doesn't matter where you go you know i mean there's good people in it but it, it can be a really dirty game and it, you know although i've been involved politically with the the, the struggle for independence i kind of took a side turn off the road the main road um and, and decided to pursue the cultural aspect because really when you think about it the culture you know is is more important um, and more potentially inspiring to people than, than you know, and uh, unfortunate as it is to say, than politics is ever going to be. So for me, um, 
the idea of, of reigniting an interest in people in, in their own culture and, and educating people to the to the fact that as a Scot, no matter where you're from, um, at some point in the past you will likely have had a, a Gaelic speaker in in your family. Um, you know, it's a step by step thing, but if you can do that to start with, if you can reawake the concept of, of, of that this language belongs to the people, you know, then um, you know that gives you a sympathetic environment to work with. And to be honest, as I say, I took a kind of side road off from the political side of things, and just thought this is really what moves me, and I think this is what's going to move, you know, a lot more people than than you know um, a vote or, or, or you know political parties or whatever. The, the fantastic thing last year, of course, is that you know I got proved slightly wrong in some ways in, in, in the fact that politics has been um, rejuvenated in Scotland through the, the, the yes vote. And actually now, you know, you've got this incredibly politically motivated populace, you know, where everyone believes, no matter whether they voted yes or no, that change is absolutely necessary. And, and people are, you know, they're awake, you know, and um, they're aware and they're engaged. So actually, you know, we're we're starting to come out with the best of both worlds. We've got political engagement, and we're getting cultural uh, engagement again. Absolutely. Do Do you think there'll be more uh, emphasis, maybe, through education, through your school system? Do, do Do you do you see any spark that maybe children and the younger generation is wanting to have these types of educational programs available to them? Uh huh. Well, I mean, obviously we have Gaelic medium education now. Um, excuse me, and um, you know that's that's catching like wildfire. Um, the unfortunate situation is that you know simply because of the um, you know really low number of speakers, we, we are currently struggling to get uh, teachers in to, to fill these posts, and quite often struggling to get teachers whose Gaelic language skills are actually up to scratch. Because you know, um, at the end of the day. Um, you, the whole concept is that people are going to be have the chance to be educated through, you know, the closest thing we have to an original language in our country, um, and if the, the teachers aren't able to perform, aren't able to deliver uh, all the lessons through the language, then you know, it, 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 to some extent, it defeats the object. So we're at a bit of a crossroads at the moment where we're desperately trying to get teachers trained up in sufficient numbers and trying to ensure that their language skills are, are up to scratch so that you know it's not like a pigeon tongue that's passed on to kids because there are a lot of kids who speak a pigeon tongue having come through the education system. So, you know, definitely you know, the, hard, the hard work's only just begun. Mm -hmm. Where are you kind of finding people who know Gaelic in Scotland are, are you is there kind of like an underground group or do, do you put out a you know a word and then and then somebody just hears it and says oh my grandmother knows that or my grandfather knows that or my uncle knows that yeah. how are people finding you well I mean obviously since the advent of the internet you know um that's done wonders for the for the language you know the fact that people can uh, you know, arrange to uh, meet up with each other just for the sheer point of speaking the language, you know, which is great because, I mean, without that, you know, we're still pretty a kind of disparate, spread out population. I mean, obviously you have um, pockets of, of still fairly strong speech up in the Western Isles and in, in the north, east of the sky. Uh, but, but basically, um, you know, a lot of the time what you find is it's just kind of 
common interest groups and people are kind of getting together and doing the best they can with what they've got. But a, a lot of the time, and it's, it's, it's really heartening now, instead of people saying, oh yeah, my grandmother spoke that, but you know, my father said it's a load of rubbish, so I can't be bothered with it, it's completely irrelevant to me, the whole world speaks English, who cares? People are now sort of, you know, saying, you know what, actually, yeah, my grandmother did speak that and I can't believe I don't. That's That's a really nice thing. You know, and obviously, you know, my first reaction is, well, you know, don't don't say you don't, you know, just go and learn. There's actually a lot out there and it's it's so much easier, even twenty years ago, to, to learn the language, you know, when you think of learn dot net and all the speaking our language videos and, and all the books and CDs and all sorts of stuff that are out there and people can um join up with the Salmorostic course or there's the Atlantic Gaelic Academy in, in America is, is there, or Canada, I can't remember which one it is, but you know, there's so much going on now and so you, you can actually say to people, Well, you know, like don't worry about not having it. You know, go and take it back. It's yours, belongs to you. You know, you get every right to speak it. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk with Agus about how he got involved with the Outlander TV show. We have uh, um, many more questions. We have some questions from a lot of the listeners right now. So we will be right back in just a couple minutes. So stay with us. And we are back and we are talking about the Gallic dialect that is being resurrected and the man leading really the way on that is Agus O'Brien and he is with us today. He's been a consultant for the Outlander TV show and I think that that has spurred a lot of interest and a lot of Americans have a connection to Scotland and of course people all over the world but 
America is such a massive place. We're really tuned into the TV show Outlander. We can identify with that through our uh, Scots-Irish and Scots-American roots. And so we're really proud to have Agus with us today. So thanks, Agus. And let's let's talk about the TV show. How did that sure. start? Did you find them? Did they find you? Was it? How, how did that evolve? Well, uh, um uh, there was a um, you know production had, had sent out an email just saying you know um, I think they said emailed Samuel Rostig you know the, the Gaelic College up in Sky and said what we need is X Y and Z what do you think how you know can you help can you direct us you know send us the right direction um, and I, I received a, a forward from somebody who was an ex student from Salmore which means the big barn by the way just to, out of interest. Um, and he sort of said, oh, this looks really, really interesting. And myself and three other people working in a, a voluntary organisation, which which still sort of runs, but had to take a back seat when I, I started in Outlander. Um, the four, in fact, five of us were, were involved in that. And so it came into our little, little forum on Facebook and we just had a look over it. And we just kept saying, this looks like a fantastic opportunity. You know, we should really check this out. And so I, I just emailed in and said, look, you know, I... I, I think I've got the skill set, so let me know if you're still needing uh, that role filled. Um, and then um, eventually uh, they got back and actually said, yeah, you know what, come in um, and see us. So I went in and I met Ron Marrow and David Brown, the UK producer, um, and we just sat around for 15, 20 minutes and, and just a really good chat. And I was incredibly impressed with the the, um, the respect that they were wanting to give the language and the place they wanted to give the language in the show and the fact that Ron didn't want to have any subtitles. I was like blown away with that. That was amazing. And they were obviously impressed with, with what I was um, you know, looking like I was going to be able to do as well. And, and that was really it. It was a very quick chat and we realised that this combination was going to work. And yeah, the rest is history. Well, now, are you on set with them as they're filming and, and are, are you giving them guidance along the way or are you there when the script is being written? Um, wh wh where do you play in on a day-to-day -day basis with them? Well, well, I mean, just a, a bit of everything, you know. Um, you've just got to be a, a, alive to the possibilities and just be ready to, to uh, you know, get your call to action and get, get started wherever you are. And some of that involves long hours in the office translating, preparing sound files for cast to listen to, and then obviously lessons with the cast members as well. Sometimes you're, you're out, you know, in the, in the pee and rain um, for 10 hours straight, you know, or sometimes longer, you know. Um, but I, either way, you know, you're just in the thick of it. Whatever the language is, I'll be there, you know. You know, it's just a few words, you know. Mo most of the time... You, you know, you're, you're able to, to be there when, when uh, there's anything language related. You know, sometimes, obviously, you might have a lesson in the, the office and if there's a couple of words on set, then, you know, you, you hope you, that you've done a good enough job that cast are, are feeling comfortable enough to, to go out and, and take it themselves, you know. How um, long are you committed to the project? Are, 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 are you wanting to stay on with it throughout the, the whole series? Um, well, I mean, I, I'll be happy to be there whenever I'm required. So, um, you know, it's just literally as simple as that for me. I, I'm, I'm personally very committed to the project. You know, it's been an incredible experience. So, absolutely. Whenever I'm required, I'll be at the end of a phone, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, have you got to see the Outlander series? Because is it being shown in Scotland now? I've, I've, I've heard different things on that. Um, we've got the London premiere, I think, on the 23rd of March, um, and it's coming on Amazon Prime. Um, 
Well, as uh, a member of the crew, we had a, you know like a cast and crew screening, so I was able to see episodes one to four all the way through. But otherwise, I only really obviously see the parts where the language is, you know, just to have a little check in and see how it's sounding where, where necessary, you know, where, where I'm required. So I've not actually seen, um, I've actually seen very few of the episodes from start to finish, just one, one to four, actually. Well, you're not that far behind because I think there's what only six, and then the second part starts here in America yeah, on eight, April fourth. Yeah, there's I think there's eight aired so far. Yep, and then we've got okay. number nine coming up on the fourth of uh, April. Yeah, and then th- we also have the books now. Has has Diana reached out to you at all as as far as with with the writing of the books? Is is she interested in in the language as she pens? New story. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, no. The, the, um, Diana's very, very keen, you know, to get things as, as right as she possibly can, you know. And um, oh, I just love her a bit. She's just a fantastic woman. Um, and she occasionally gets in touch with me for little bits and pieces as she writes. Um, and I think I think my name's in, in the last book at the front, you know, which is a real privilege, you know. Um, but also, obviously, I've been working on the Outlandish Glossary Part 2, which is a compilation of all Scottish language. So that's Scots, like Lowland Scots language. It's our Germanic dialect from the Lowlands. And uh, obviously, the Scottish Gaelic words as well. So I've been compiling a, a, a glossary for the, the second uh, Outlandish Companion, which has been really good fun. What's the difference between Irish Gaelic and this uh-huh. in the Scottish version, and then I also understand there's a Canadian Gaelic. Um, there's a, oh, yeah. a a group in Nova Scotia, and 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 can you find any remnants to to help you with Scottish Gaelic through uh-huh. the Irish roots or the Canadian roots? Well, that, that's a very interesting question. Actually, I, I appreciate the chance to talk a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the language itself is the Gaelic language, um, and you know, really speaking, there is only one language, um, and that's in Scotland, Ireland, and the Isle of Man. Uh, yeah, the Isle of Man, and also in, in Canada, and it's really all one language. If Irish speakers speak nice and slowly and clearly, you know, I, I can understand them just fine, and the same, you know, the other way. Um, the, the Gaelic thing, the calling it Gaelic, is it's just like a kind of nickname to sort of differentiate quickly so that you don't have to, you know, work out which one somebody's talking about. Because in the language itself, it's uh, Gaelic, um, and vast majority of dialects in Scotland is Gaelic. But in, in English, for, you know, I don't know, for many hundred years, it was it was Gaelic, because, because um, as you can see from the spelling, you know. Um, but obviously... Over time, as the, the Scottish dialects became separated, because um, the ones that joined Irish and Scottish got kind of a, well, they, they died off, then more and more the two languages became distinct. So if someone's from the Isle of Lewis and someone from the Aran Isles, perhaps, in, in Ireland, um, you know, they would really have, you know, they would have a little bit of a struggle, um, you know, to, to, uh, to understand one another. They would have to definitely speak extremely slowly and clearly. Um, but I, I I always think of it as one language, you know. To me, I mean, I'm half Irish as well, so <laughs> maybe that's a, a part of it. But to me, uh, we're all one, and we, we need to um, stick together. Um, and the Canadian thing is actually fascinating, the Nova Scotian thing, because they preserve um, really beautiful uh, dialects of of Gaelic that are are now practically lost. And I think there's a, a good few hundred um, speakers over there who speak um, basically Loch Aber dialect. And in Scotland, you'll be lucky if there's half a dozen old people who who still speak that dialect. So, wow. um, and actually, if you if you want my honest opinion, that was probably the finest Gaelic 
you know, in the in the country in Scotland, you know, was the Lochaber and Northergale variety. You know, it's really absolutely beautiful. So it's fantastic that that's preserved in in Canada. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, we're we're all on the same side, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know we're we're going to be pulling in the same direction as the, the years go on. Does it work a lot like how it does in America? In, in America, we have a lot of dialects within our English language. You have people on the yeah. East Coast who speak a little bit different, and the Southern Absolutely. people, and then the West Coast of people. Is, is it like that in Scotland mm-hmm. within the different tribes and clans and, and regions? Is, is there is there different dialects within one dialect? Oh, goodness me. I mean, wow. You know, at one time you were talking over 200 sort of sub-dialects. Um, you know, there's 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 maybe not that many um, dialects that that you know um, aren't you know kind of ninety percent excuse me mutually intelligible. So no matter where you were from in Scotland, you, you would you would more or less you would understand most of what what people were saying. Um, but within all these kind of a dialects, there were sub dialects, and quite often actually, especially obviously in the old days. You could go from one glen to another and find that they had a different word for plants or flowers, or, or, or you know, they would uh, pronounce their vowel sounds slightly differently, or their speech would be more glottalized. You know, like the Scottish way saying butter and better, you know, or it might be less glottalized. It might be more nasal. Um, you know, they might have a kind of th sound on an r, or you know, there's all sorts of different things. And it was because after the the fall of the Lordship of the Isles, you know, the Macdonald clan, who basically kind of kept control of everything and really kept all the other clans in check, um, probably you know by fair means and foul. Once the Macdonald Lord of the Isles were kind of a, a fell apart, then the clans basically just started bickering with each other constantly, you know, and so you ended up with a situation where. You know, one clan are sitting in one glen and going, well, we're sure as heck not going to speak like those crazy maniacs from the next glen. You know, they're, they're a bunch of savages, you know. <laughs> so, so it was like a differentiation, you know. It's like, yeah, that's 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 like, uh, you know, the, the, the Gaelic of the of the savages over in the next glen there. We, we speak the best kind of, you know, thing. And, and it, it became ex- extremely uh, varied, you know, yeah. And is it like that today? Can can you distinguish where somebody's from in Scotland based on their dialect? Oh, Im- immediately, immediately, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, folk from the uh, north of Lewis, um, you know, incredibly nasal um, kind of thing, and they basically speak Gaelic with a, a Norse accent, you know. Um, so, you know, if they were saying, how are you, they would say, Damon how? Um, you know, and then if you get down to Harris, there's a little bit south of there. They've got a huge diphthong, which is like a double vowel sound, like on their on their vowels. And so, um, you know, if if they're say if they're you know saying the the, the Gaelic word ha, they go ha like that or gleva. Uh, you know, and then you get down to Uist, and and they've got this th sound on their r, so they'd say jithahithnye. Like that, but I mean that's an exaggeration. But you know, so you, I mean that's just over a small group of islands. You know, in the Western Isles, you've got uh, you know quite quite big, really distinct variations. Some Gaelic dialects sound like the winds flowing through it when they speak. You know, others it's very very dry and nasal. Um, other ones, like mine, is extremely glottalized. So you know, for instance, if I said a line in my dialect, I always quote this line of this old man when he was talking about the the weather and trying to get his gardening done, and he says. Yo, to la, and not a lot of you, but phew. And what he says is, yo, you get a day, and then the next 
flaming day, it would be wet again. And you can hear that, yo, yo, to last, and that a lot of you have a You can hear this glottalization, this sort of, uh, 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 kind of thing. And someone would be able to tell that I'm from Argyle the minute I even opened my mouth and said one sentence. That is very interesting. It's like that in the United States too. You know, we, we can yeah. uh, find somebody, but uh, but a lot of times, and it's probably this way in Scotland. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, the the people in the south don't think they have an accent. Okay, or the people in the east don't uh, think yeah. they have an accent. They think we have an accent somewhere else. Is and is is it yeah, the same way? Oh, no, it's, it's, def- it's definitely that. You know, and and actually. <laughs> It's really cool the way it works in uh, Scots and Lowland Scots, and um, Scots is, is our, as I say, our Germanic dialect. So it, it's a lot like English, um, but you know, it's, it was heavily influenced by Gaelic. It got trapped when the border between Scotland and England finally kind of formed. Um, Northumbrian Anglo-Saxon speech got trapped on the wrong side of the borders. We're not the wrong side. We're very, very pleased to to, to have the, the Scots, and I, I speak it myself fluently, the Glaswegian variety. Um, but it got trapped and it became Scottishized over time. But also we had very, very um, strong links with the uh, Low Countries, you know, in terms of uh, uh, trading with the Flemish and the Dutch, and also with Denmark. And obviously we had the Vikings coming in and, and, and you know, um, kicking up hell. Um, so there was a lot of uh, linguistic influences. And Scots has picked up all sorts of really distinctive accents. Uh, so if you're up near Bardinshire, you get folks speaking like that. You know, and they've really sort of deep sounding, kind of funny, big scooped out vowels, Ken. And then if you're in Glasgow, you're like that, you know what I mean? So it's like pure glottalised, the same way the Gaelic is in Argyle. So folk, I don't know, they sound like pure angry all the time, but they're no, they're dead friendly. Um, and then, you know, you could go up to Caithness, it'd be different. You could go to Shetland, the Shetland Isles, I mean, you're really in another ball game altogether up there. And, you know, we definitely have a bit of banter about that. You know, we, we have a lot of fun over it. But um, I'm really, really glad that we've still got so much regional uh, variety. I mean, a great guy working with us on the show, in fact, um, um, Billy the Goat, we called him. He was the, like, the animal wrangler, um, smashing bloke. And we used to stand around talking a lot. And he spoke the most incredible, broad, Galloway Scots. And I'd never heard this dialect before. And he had like three, four words that I'd never heard in my life before. You know, so I'm really pleased to say that we, we still have like a, a really nice variation of Scots language as well. And you can occasionally just come up with a, a gem out of the blue. Isn't that amazing that really people are people no matter where you live on this planet. We, we all Absolutely. think the same way and, and uh, interpret things the same way. We're going to take a, a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Agus. And we're going to find out what's next for him and and. Is he writing this stuff down and can, how do we get a hold of him and how do we participate? And we're going to uh, find out all that when we come back. So we'll be back in just a minute.
And we are back continuing our conversation with Agus O'Brien, and he is the dialect coach for the TV show Outlander. He's also dedicated his life to resurrecting the Scots Gaelic in Scotland and and what we're finding is there's so many people really around the world, and especially through social media, that maybe have some Scottish roots that might have a nugget of information here or a nugget of information there. And we want to talk with him about maybe if if you know something or you, you can remember something from your childhood or your grandparents or your aunts or uncles or someone, or and especially if they have something written down, you can communicate with him through social media. He's on Twitter and Facebook, and he has a website. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. And you could become maybe a little piece in, in, in helping him document all of this information for future generations. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're on Facebook, right? And you're on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can get me on Facebook just by um, putting an ADH, AMH, and then space O, space B-R-O-I-N. Um, and that's just like a music page, um, you know, and I kind of do business stuff through through that as well. But, you know, welcome to drop my line there. Um, and then Twitter, uh, again, if you search just the same thing, A-D-H-A-M-H, and space O, space B-R-O-I-N, you'll, you'll get me on Twitter. And I do occasionally check my Twitter, you know, I think uh, there'll be plenty of Outlander fans who'll say he's absolutely useless on Twitter, but occasionally I come in and, and, and work through a few hundred tweets that I've got in and, you know, have some fun with it. So I, I will I will tweet you back. It may just take a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Now, are, are are you wanting to compile all of this and, and put it in a book or uh, some online educational information, or how well, can what, this what, kind of get to the masses? What what I'm what I'm doing specifically at the moment, and and um, I, I I think you might have watched a little video that of um, my my personal project. What I'm most interested in is is um, uh, you know just. Just, just personally, um, as anyone who has uh, ancestry from Argyll, and specifically Dalriad, as we call it, Dalriada, which is um, that kind of central Argyll, kind of Cowell and Kilmartin and Napdale and all these kind of places. Um, and at the moment, you know, myself and my kids are basically the only fluent speakers of, of this dialect. And there's one old man, and, he, you know, he, um, he's, he's pretty good for his age, but, you know, time obviously is not on our side there. Um, and what I'm going to try and do uh, fairly shortly is, is launch a, a crowdfunder to com- basically build a website with every single imaginable piece of information that you could possibly get about the dialect, about the grammar, the orthography, about the place names, old photos and stuff of people and, you know, a uh, little bit of history, um, you know, maybe some quick lessons in the dialect. You know, and, and I'm I'm really hoping to kind of wake up uh, the, the interest around the world from any expats or people who are descending from folk, especially from Mither Gael. I mean, I'm interested in anything Scottish and, and very much in the Gaelic side of things, but at the moment, it's the Argyllshire connection that uh, I'm trying to pursue, um, and hopefully we can get this website up and running, um, and there'll be a dictionary there as well, English to Gaelic and Gaelic to English for the dialect. So we're, we're trying to basically, because... There's so few people in Scotland. We need to open these opportunities up to the whole world, but it's not just need to, it's a pleasure to do so. And and we're looking forward to to people engaging from from all over. Well, and there was a large immigration movement out of Scotland, you know, years ago, Mm -hmm. and a lot of us have Scottish ancestry, and that Mm -hmm. is very prominent here in the United States. 
and and really also a, around the world. But we have such a massive population here in the United States that there's a lot of connections back to Scotland. And and, and a lot of times we we're kind of talking about this during the break that um, my, my husband's family was immigrated from Scotland and, and, and there was a, a need to kind of melt into the, um, the the culture of the United States, and so they kind of left that Irish or that uh, the, the, the the Scottish traditions behind and tried to uh, fuse themselves into um, American, and they wanted to be American, mm -hmm. and so um, a lot of families might have something buried, uh, but. As, as these people kind of get old and they die off, I mean, we're losing it by groups and groups. My, my husband has nothing yeah. left anymore from, from, from his parents or his father who has passed. Mm -hmm. and, um, but, yeah. but I, I think just shining a light on it and get people thinking about it. And you have a really great connection through the outlanders. These people can get information literally around the world on a message mm -hmm. within seconds of, oh, of, 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of, of, of the question. So it, it's a fantastic network. Yeah. I, I, it's, 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 un, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you sort of, if you want something really worthwhile done and um, leave it with outlander fans and it will get done. Like in about ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It it it, yeah. it is just amazing. It, it it can go from Scotland to the United States to Japan to uh, to Australia. I mean, just just in in the matter of seconds. You know, I wanted to ask yeah. you about your children knowing this language uh -huh. now. So yeah. they can kind of be sneaky now. So they they kind of have their own code when they're talking. They actually are almost speaking a foreign language that nobody else knows, and they could be. Yeah. Communicating um, privately, but but yet in in public. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And of course, speaking the dialect, you know, they've got uh, quite a, quite a few words that aren't used anywhere else in the world, you know. Um, but it's quite funny, you know. <laughs> they'll sit on a row in the couch. My my youngest, see my twins, Lachan and Sursa, and my middle daughter, Kaida, and they'll sit in a row on the couch. And they'll all have like their tablet, and they'll all be play playing Minecraft, and they're playing it exclusively through the dialect. So you know we've got words for for all the stuff they've got in this Minecraft game that all the kids are so obsessed with at the moment, and it's fantastic to watch. And I basically said to them, "All right, you know, I'm not that keen on them playing video games, or, you know, very often." But I said, "You know, you, you can you can play a little bit of this half an hour each day as long as you do it through through the language." So that seemed like a pretty good deal. So they, they all sit in a row and they work together as a team. They all connect up to each other's tablets and work together to, to, to build all this crazy stuff in, in Minecraft. And it's exclusively through the language. And as I say, they've got every single piece of vocabulary and, and equipment and stuff used in the game. And we've translated the whole lot so they can they can do the whole thing through the language. So, you know, we've got that kind of uh, modern and ancient coming together in quite a fun way, you know. That's that's a really great idea. Outlander should yeah. have a video game that the fans could play, and then they could learn the language. Learn, yeah. uh, adults the exact same way. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Fendi's out there listening to that. That sounds like a good <laughs> idea to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then maybe every level that you complete, you get to take a shot of scotch or something. I'll, I'll just throw that yeah, in. Well, that's, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I, could just, I could just imagine how, how quickly that would go south, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. see any problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
do children. No, I don't think you get much gaming done, you know, but. Um. <laughs> exactly. We'd have our own language. We wouldn't even need this. We would just have our own drunken language. Do do children Absolutely. pick it up faster than, than adults? Well, there's a bit of a debate about that, you know. People say, oh, kids learn language, you know, much quicker than, than, than adults. And I, I don't know. I think it's 50-50 because... There's, there's, there's a, each each group, kids and, and adults, have got an advantage each, right? The kids have got the advantage, basically, that they don't care if they mess up. That's the advantage kids have got in learning languages. Actually, because an adult is already fluent in one language, they already have this concept of the fact that you have to structure language. And we might not be particularly aware in English of how we do that. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a native English speaker as well. I grew up speaking it and Scots and then latterly Gaelic. Um, and, and, you know, you maybe don't think about it a lot of the time, but that doesn't mean that you don't know your own language. I mean, we're all fluent English speakers that, that are here just now. Um, and actually, um, you're more aware of how language is structured and how it works than you think. So when you start learning a new language, people say, oh, I'm, I'm crap at language. I couldn't possibly learn another language. Well, actually, I, I beg to differ. I think I can basically teach anybody, you know, what once once you, you, you find out what people already know about their own language that they didn't even realise they knew. And you know, you you it's it's not that difficult to pick out the ability in people to understand the structure of their own tongue. And so once they get that, you can start showing them how a new language is structured and start saying, Okay, so the words are unfamiliar, but see the structure, you already know it. Okay, so we might have to put the verb before the, the pronoun or something, you know, rather than but that, that, that's it, it's, just, it's an order thing. So if you can clear out a space in someone's head, like going up in the attic and sorting all the crap out you've had there for years, if you get a hold of that crap out of there and you clear it a clean space, anybody can fill it up with a language. And if you have a good teacher, then you have somebody who shows you how to pack all the stuff in in the right order. So kids are, are, are great because they don't care if they make a mistake. But actually, adults are more capable of learning another language um, quicker because they realise that there has to be a conscious effort to, to uh, be very particular about the structure. Whereas kids could go two, three years speaking a kind of a pigeon tongue and pick it up only by the seat of their pants, whereas adults are aware that they actually have to make an effort to structure it. So, I mean, I, I don't actually think either are, are better than the other, really, to be perfectly honest. We just have to, as adults, learn to um, not not be so uptight about it and yeah. give ourselves the the chance to 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 practice it and and say it and let me tell you there's not that many people who know so they wouldn't even know if we're messing up or not well, I, you know this is the thing actually and i, I, and I was saying and you know, people sort of raise an eyebrow i mean so that's the most ridiculously obvious thing to say ever but you don't know how to do something until you know how to do it and people mm -hmm. you know i mean so, some of the, the the cast would be like beating themselves up and saying oh i just can't get this word done but you've never spoken this word in your life. Cut yourself a break, you know? It's like completely and utterly new. And I think, again, another thing as adults is that we are used to being competent in our day jobs and in our lives, and yes, we struggle and we make mistakes, but at the end of the day, we're used to being able to pretty much get on with things and get through our day, you know, and then we come up against something that just seems to completely bamboozle us, and we feel vulnerable, and we feel weak, and, and, and we think, I'm never going to do this. But... We are so unused to, to learning as, as adults and, and you know, we're, we're so conscious of, of having to present a good appearance to the world just in whatever sphere you're talking about in, in your day 
that we forget that it's actually okay to be totally vulnerable, to just sit back and just say, you know what, to heck with it, I don't get this and I'm okay with that. And the minute you're okay with saying that and appreciating that and accepting it, then you're on the road to learning. So it's like Socrates said, you know, like, um, you know, I can't remember, I'm probably paraphrasing, but the one thing we actually know is that we know nothing. And that's okay. It's all right to just admit it. And then whatever you build in from there is a bonus. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and those are really the things that end up uniting us in the long run anyway. Mm-hmm. And when we're learning something yeah. together and we're kind of getting through it together. And, and, oh, the camaraderie. Um, absolutely. Like it, you know. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I'm sure that the cast has bonded really through that as well. Well, I mean, they had to do so much, of course, you know, the, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous in the first four or five weeks, you know, they were literally having to be like, learn to be a jack of all trades, like, you know, learn to, um, to sword fight and, and horse ride and, and speak this crazy language that was right out of left field, you know. So, oh, yeah, they, they, they had to hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably a, a great bonding experience and brought them closer together. Uh, you oh, know, I, I know it did. Yeah. Yeah. There's we're nothing all, like we're, we're all, in the trenches with them. Again. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that, that, that there's nothing like having that experience and kind of being in the trenches with your fellow workers yeah. and, and going through yeah. that. And it probably makes them easier to do other scenes in the future, having been through something like that. Well, but this is the thing you see, you know, I, I remember saying to Big Graham, you know, it's like, look, man, you know, this is this is hard work, you know, getting this done. I mean, because Graham did fantastically well. He's got a um, big bunch of speeches, you know, like 15, 16-line speeches in episode five, which, you know, are really out of this world good, considering this guy hadn't had a word of the language before he came in. You know, fantastic to hold that up and act at the same time. Wow, you know, that's... You really need two brains to do that, you know? Um, and the thing about it, though, is I said to him, I was like, you know, we were learning these speeches, I was like, but listen, man, think of it this way... <laughs> When you go back to just acting, speaking English, it's going to seem like that total and utter breeze walking the park. You know what I mean? So look on the bright side, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall. You're, you're very lucky to have um, that, you know, that front row experience to this. And they're very lucky mm. to have you as well. So it, it really is a, yeah. a fantastic partnership. Oh, it was joyous. It was absolutely joyous. It was great. Yeah, it's hard work, but, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you can't you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelette, so. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's really been a pleasure. I've learned so much uh, today, yeah. and and we're bad. going to put up all of your um, uh, connections, your, your, your Facebook and your Twitter, and we'll put up all of those links so people can get a hold of you if, if they think of something that we didn't cover today or, or they stumble across something in, in the future that they'll know how to get a hold of you. And I know that you're going to be seeing other parts of America while you're here, so welcome yeah. to Seattle. Thank and you. I think you're going Thank on you. to uh, other parts of, of this great United States as well. Indeed. No, I've never been to the West Coast, so, um, you know, it's just everything's new and it's all just Beautiful. I love this country. You know, I had a fantastic time the last time I was here. I couldn't. I couldn't believe how hospitable people are, and they're, they're, it's just the same all over again. You know, and I've had a great time, and uh, wow, next few weeks are going to be really cool. Well, welcome and have a great time, and I can't wait to see more of your influence in the Outlander series as it unfolds. Smashing. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, me too. Sing me a song. 
of a lass that is gone, say could that lass be I? Mary of soul, she sailed on a day over the sea to sky. Billow and breeze, islands and seas, mountains of rain and sun. All that was good, all that was fair, all that was me is gone. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.